Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about swimming. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 14th of November, 2022. I'm going to give a shout out to my father, Michael Pruitt. He turned 75 yesterday, so really happy that he is still with us, and I pray that he had a fantastic day yesterday. I'm just glad that he got my letter in the mail because they just moved, and I guess last week they actually finally changed their address, but I'd already sent it to their new address, so I was a little worried. But anyways, I'm very grateful that he got it. This week's tour portion is Chaye Sarah. You could find the tour portion in Genesis 23, verses 1 to chapter 25, verse 18. The half tour portion is 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 1 through 31. And then you have the Brit Hadashah, which is Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. This has been actually, this actually is one of the shorter tour portions. So if you don't have that much time, this is a really good one to dip your little toes into and uh, get a feel for what it's like. It means Sarah's life, in case you're wondering. So they do talk about the death of, of Sarah and um, Abraham buying the field that he did uh, for her to be buried in. It actually talks about a lot of other things as well, where, you know, he he had a servant go to meet uh, Rebecca and brought Rebecca back for Isaac to marry her. And then you have First Kings, where you're talking about David, uh, his son, I always mess up his name, Adinajab, who attempted to, maybe it's, nope, Adonijah, I believe it is actually, don't quote me on that, uh, where he went and tried to crown himself king. And obviously Beersheba and uh, the prophet Nathan had to go uh, in front of David and say, hey, you promised that Solomon would be king and this is what's happening. So that was awesome. And then uh, Luke is really, really short. So I'm not going to tell you about that one. You have to actually look that one up yourself. So this week I'm going to talk about swimming. And actually the type, title of this is called Just Keep Swimming. And I want to say once again how thankful I am for the leaders that we have in our congregation. My husband asked our deacons to, every once in a while, be ready with something to teach on, to give a sermon on, to speak to our congregation about. And last, this past Saturday, one of our leaders, Jack, stepped up. And I know how uncomfortable he is with speaking but I think that he does a fantastic job every time he, he does. He's very personable. And this was not the title of his sermon, but this is what I kind of grabbed out of it. Now, Jack has been teaching people how to swim for, we'll say a long time. And he was talking about how teaching kids how to swim at like, seven months, seven, you know, starting like really, really young. You talked about like, you know, seven, seven to two years, they don't have any fear. There's no fear in them. And so when you get them in the water, they aren't really scared. They might not like it, but they aren't really scared about it. You can even put them in the water face down and they will, whatever it is, however Adonai made uh, us as, especially as babies, 
they will instinctively turn on their backs almost 90% of the time. If they don't, obviously you help them to, to turn and you teach them slowly, but surely to be okay in the water, to have fun in the water. And, but the first thing that you want to do with these children is there's a few different steps. The first one is to make sure that the children are listening. Now for someone who's got a child this young, obviously it's more like he's teaching the parent to teach their children. So for the parents to listen and hear what it is that he's telling them that they need to do in order for them to be comfortable in the water. And then just try to get these kids to try and, and work hard and have fun. And then just to keep swimming. And he said, it's, it's interesting to him that about three to six year olds, whatever it is, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, somebody has taught him that, but instinctively they start learning to be afraid. So it becomes more and more important for them to learn how to properly listen to instructions so that they can stay safe in the water. And then he said, you know, even, you know, he has adults or whatever that he teaches, you know, like a 44 year old, you know, you've got to, he, he told a funny story. Unfortunately, I was also helping with the Oneg, which is kind of a potluck. So I was in and out, but I, I think I heard the last end of it where basically, you know, he's telling this person, uh, you know, stop, stop struggling, stop struggling. Like it's too deep. It's too deep. I can't swim. I can't swim. And Jack just said, stand up. Because it wasn't even over the person's head, but the, the instinctual fear automatically, the, the fear of the water and drowning caught up in their brain and they just could not think of anything else. Not even logically, like, am I at the shallow end of the pool right now? Can I stand? Should I try to stand? And I thought it was a really good analogy for life. Because in each of the different... At least three of the four uh, first books of the Bible of the New Testament. In Matthew 19, chapter 19, verse 13 to 14. It says, Then the little children were brought to Yeshua so that he may lay hands upon them and pray. Then the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But Yeshua said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Then you have a Mark 10, verse 13 and 14. It says, now people were bringing little children to Yeshua so he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Yeshua saw this, he got angry. He told them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And finally, in Luke chapter 18, verse 16, I have to scroll to find it. It says, but okay. Now they were bringing even their babies to Yeshua so he might touch them. This is actually starts in verse 15. But when the disciples saw this, they began rebuking them. But when Yeshua called them, but Yeshua called for them saying, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen. I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And when I think of that, I think of, you know, childlike faith where they just believe the world has not crept in with all the fear and doubts that is shot at us on a regular basis. Right. And I think it's also, you know, another story that I totally could relate to. He was talking about how he goes up to Winston-Salem a lot with his wife to visit his uh, wife's mother. And 
he heard on the news someone saying like if you really want to look at really great foliage the, you know it's fall the different trees and changing colors you want to head in winston-salem area because there's some beautiful colors there and he was like you know when we got there and the you know the guy was right it was so beautiful you know you just don't get those kind of colors on the coast which is where i live and he's absolutely right which is why i tend to really miss new england because they have the most beautiful colors for fall and fall is my favorite season and i think it comes back to like i've said before i myself and i think that's maybe the part of childlike for me I am easily entertained by the little things and I'm in on wonder of little things that even my children and sometimes even my husband kind of scoff at me for. And even my, you know, some of my friends and families do as well. But one of those things is like, you know, I might be outside and all of a sudden I'm just thanking the Lord for nature, right? It's so, it's so simple to do that, especially for me, like going to the beach, I'm thanking the Lord for the waves and for the tides and for the ocean and for the sand and for the birds and for the, you know, everything. And I'm just sitting there in awe of his creation. And I think that's part of having childlike faith. You're in absolute wonder of what Adonai has done and what he has created around us and who he's created around us. It's almost like, you know, and, and Jack was talking about, like, you know, when you're talking about a child, your face just glows and brightens because children have a sweetness about them. Yes, I know not all of them all the time. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, not all, you know, even children are not perfect, but even, you know, a little baby and they're just sleeping and you, you know, you're experiencing this time where you are having your children just sleeping on you and resting on you. And as a mother, you experience just this peace and this happiness and just joy of being able to spend this time with your child. For those of you who have small children and do not have big children, appreciate those moments because I'm telling you right now, I have a bunch of teenagers and the majority of them are not interested in any hugging, kissing, snuggling of any kind, which, you know, is not that bad because I'm not a super physical person anyways. However, it's something that you have to kind of get used to because it's a season, right? There's a season and a time where, especially when your kids are at the age of being, you know, the teenage age, they tend to not necessarily want to be as close to their parents. And we do have one who still, who does. So God, God bless that one. But I tell you what, it's just, it's a learning experience. And so he had these different tips. He's like, look, you know, for swimming, but also for everyday life, we need to be good at listening, listening for Adonai, listening for his still small voice. We need to read the word and pray to Adonai, talk to him. And then we need to try. We need to make an effort in our lives. We, there, there are times, you know, you know, I struggle with depression. There are times where I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go to work. I am not a morning person. I have zero interest in getting up and going and driving a school bus every morning. But I do it because I know that's what God has called me to do. And you know what? He was talking about the children. I was thinking... You know, every single, by the end of the school year, I'm ready for a little bit of a break. But I tell you what, throughout the entire summer, I miss those kids on my bus. I miss them. I miss praying for them. I miss talking to them. I miss seeing their smiling faces. I miss talking them through situations that they're going through. I just miss that. You know, for me, that's part of what I believe God has called me to do. And it's my ministry right now during this season. Just like 
it's also my ministry to love on my children that I have at home. That's the greatest ministry any mother could possibly hope to have ever. So if you're feeling discouraged, like I'm not really making a difference in the world, if you're raising those children and you are teaching them diligently in the right way, in the way of the Lord, then and you're doing the best that you can, that is the greatest mission field you could ever possibly reach. Not to say that, you know, going out in literal mission field where you're going out to different countries and thing is not important but I think that the you need to make sure that your house is in order before you reach out to others in the world if that makes any sense hopefully it does you know we're once we've tried even if we're not succeeding we still need to work hard you know my husband and I've kind of been struggling in some areas lately and um He said a really nice thing to me today where he said, you know, you are a really great mom. I know that you have all these different health issues and I know how much you want to be an even better mother than you already are, but I see that you try and that you work your hardest. And sometimes he has to stop me from working too hard because I tend to overdo it. And I don't think that's really living life as a child either, but I think that you have to, when he, when Adonai is talking about, when Yeshua is saying, you know, be like little children. He doesn't mean stay immature. That's not what he's saying. I think he's saying, well, he's saying a lot of things out of that. But from what I get out of it is that, look, the world can bring you down. It can just weigh on your shoulders. And as a child, you think back to your childhood, not all of us have had fantastic childhoods, you know, and, and Ben even says, you know, look, Erica, you had a pretty good childhood overall. Like you had some pretty terrible things happen to you, but overall it was a pretty good childhood. And, and honestly, like he's right. There are many, many, t- many memories I can go back and look on and be like, wow, like I, you know, they talk about like, man, wishing you could go back to your childhood. And it's like, no, I don't really wish for that. But, it, you know, just being reminiscent of like, just the happy memories. Like I went and I would go and play in my backyard. I would be able to walk to the beach by myself. I would play in the trees. I would climb the trees. I would bike all over my town. And it was a beautiful time. Now, obviously, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I've had my own struggles and my own issues and Not all of my childhood was fantastic, but there are things that I can absolutely point to that I had an idyllic childhood in some major respects that a lot of people have not. But I want you each to think, even if you've had a horrific childhood, I want you to go back and just try to think of just one. Where maybe you're even just driving in a car and staring up at the blue sky with the trees overhead. And just thinking how beautiful it was. And having that childlike belief and joy in your heart. And I believe that's kind of part of what he's talking about. Because I don't know why, but for some reason I'm thinking, you know, people will be like, oh, well, then you're supposed to never really mature. You're supposed to just be, you know out there and just doing whatever because you know children they need structure they need a discipline but let's be honest even adults we need structure and we need discipline or we end up going off the rails and i think that's what adonai is for that's what his word is for to show us like this is the correct path 
in order for you to live a righteous and good life, honoring the Father, this is what you are to do, which is why it's so important to read the word so you understand that. The other thing is this is have fun. And, you know, my my children will probably be the first to tell you, I'm not the fun parent. Let's just be honest. I'm the disciplinarian. I'm the one who's telling you, like, no, you are not doing that. That is a terrible idea. Let's rethink this, this thought process and let's look at it from a different perspective. But, you know, there are definitely moments where I do have fun and I try to have fun. Because of my health issues, it's quite a bit of a struggle for me to be able to do a lot of things that my children want to do. But when I'm having those good moments, I do try my best to do something fun with my children, fun with my family, something that they would be interested in doing. And the last thing that Jack said was just keep swimming. And I don't know if he said it on purpose because, you know, that's a straight quote from Finding Nemo. But it was one of my favorite quotes from Finding Nemo. I've watched that movie a bazillion times because my best friend's little son, when he was a baby, like it was his favorite movie and I was living with her at the time and they had it on replay. So I've seen it so many times. It's ridiculous, but it's very true. Um, the, the fish story just says, just keep swimming no matter what life throws at you. And in their case, whatever the ocean throws at you, you just keep swimming because that's all we can do, right? Instead of looking behind us, we need to look forward, keep our eyes on Yeshua and just keep swimming. And of course, if you're on land, then you should just be walking. Don't just try to swim on, you know, I don't know. Some, some people are just silly. Um, the common sense is not strong with some, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Because uh, that's what he gave a lot of us the common sense for, so we could help the ones who don't have it so much. But I am so thankful for my congregation, for my leaders, for the people who attend Besimka, for my family, for my immediate family, and for my children. I'm thankful for the job that I have. I'm thankful for the kids who come on my bus and that I get to greet every single morning and every single afternoon. As you know, a lot of times, you know, the first person that you see at the start of your day sets the tone for the rest of the day. Now, these kids might not have had a great experience at home, so I make a point each and every single day to look each every one of the kids who comes on my bus and greet them by name with a smile on my face so that they know that there's somebody out there who cares about them. Because even though I work at a Christian school and they go to a private school does not mean that they are from a loving home. So I want you to think about that. If you have loved ones that you are living with, to remember that as you greet your loved ones at the beginning of the day, and when you say goodnight, that sets the tone. It sets the tone for your life, and it sets the tone for your day. So I would encourage you to be joyful, even when you don't necessarily feel jo- feel joyful, to be joyful, to show the love of Yeshua. That's not to say you have to, you know, fake it all day, but it does mean that we need to be conscientious of our attitudes and our actions. And to remember, in order for us to inherit the kingdom of God, we need to be more like the little children. Now, as I do every single week, I leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 26. <speaking in Hebrew> Yes, I don't know.
Be'asim Leka Shalom. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sa Shalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Now may you all have a fantastic week going forth. Love your children, love your grandchildren, love your friends, love your neighbors, love your coworkers, love every person that you come in contact with. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.